Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And welcome to the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast, part of Locked On Magic here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I am the editor of OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and this is obviously a little bit separate from our daily show as we continue to do the the regular podcast, our regular podcast schedule. And I'm joined today by one of the writers on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, uh, Ryan Doyle. Ryan, how, how are you doing this evening? I'm great tonight. I mean, I'm happy to be on the podcast. You've been doing a great job the last few weeks, and I'm I'm pretty pumped to talk some Orlando Magic basketball. I I really appreciate that, and and I guess I should start off by reminding everyone you can follow Locked On Magic over on iTunes. Just search Locked On Magic uh, and download us there. It can go straight to your wonderful listening devices. You can also find us on Audio Boom as well as Stitcher. If you uh, subscribe to the previous Orlando Magic Daily podcast feed. Uh, you'll get everything transferred over already. We, we transferred over the feeds to make your life easier. Uh, one thing that didn't make our lives easier, though, this summer was the Orlando Magic's offseason. I think it's been the big question of the whole offseason. What are the Orlando Magic doing? What, what, what did the Orlando Magic do this summer? And there's obviously a lot of different perspectives, and so I wanted to get your perspective, Ryan, on what you think the overarching goal of this Magic offseason and generally how you thought they did? I think they developed an identity. I think that was their goal heading in. I think they wanted to develop some sort of identity, and I think they did that with, you know, first they brought in Frank Vogel, and you're saying, oh, it's probably going to be a defensive identity, and all of their moves did, you know, you had Biombo, you had Ibaka, all those guys were all for defense, and on the offensive side of the ball, they got some shooters, and they got guys that are currently on the roster that can run the floor. I mean, you have Aaron Gordon that can run the floor. Alfred can run the floor. Mario. But to me, there's still there's still question marks. I mean, we've talked about it. You have where does Vucevic fit in? Can these can Alfred and Mario and all these young guys step up? I mean, they're going to have some issues scoring. But overall, in the offseason, they did develop that identity, defensive identity. And I think, you know, overall, they did a good job doing that. Yeah, and, and I think that was something that, that the Magic have talked about for a long, long time, at least since this rebuild started, and in, in building a, a defensive identity especially. And I think you're right. I, I think, and, and, and our Zach Palmer did a really good job laying this out uh, on, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, how the Magic, every move had this kind of vision for the team. And, you know, finally with the Magic kind of striking, you know, deciding that this is the year they really needed to push forward and, and, and having all this cap space, finally really decided to invest in the team pretty heavily and, and invest it in a very focused manner. Uh, you know, I think maybe some of the big criticism for this summer, though, is did the Magic give up too much on the future? I mean, what I, I agree that the Magic probably had a better summer than a lot of people are giving them credit for because they've kind of forced this identity onto the team. And we'll talk a little bit more about how 
certain players fit into that identity that, that remain. But, you know, the Magic have talked for, for four years now about a, a long rebuild, you know, kind of keeping an eye on the future, developing guys through the draft. Did the Magic kind of turn their back on that a little bit? Uh, do, do you feel like it's, I mean, it, it, it feels like it's a make or break season for this team, doesn't it? I, I think so, because if you look at the Ibaka trade alone, they got rid of Oladipo, who, I mean, arguably was, out of all those years they've they've tanked and they've gotten those top picks, has been the best. I mean, you don't know Gordon and Mario still have a couple years, but for right now, he's their best you know, takeaway from that. He's their best player. And then you gave away the 11th picks of bonus, who, and I wrote a, a profile on him, and I saw some things that he could be a decent rotational player, like he could bring something to a, a team. And they gave it up for Ibaka, who... I, you know, I'm hoping he could take this step up next year for the Magic sakes, but you know, he's throughout his career he's been a, a good third option. He's he hasn't had that workload, and the Magic, all these moves seem like they're they are pushing the pace. And I think they tried to do that last year, bringing in Skiles, and it just didn't work. So you're hoping that this year maybe they can make up for that mistake. And it does seem like they are moving a little fast. It really does. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think, yeah, I mean, it, I, I remember my feeling around draft night and and the kind of uh when the magic made that trade and around a free agency was it just it felt like the magic were pushing the pace a little bit too fast like there was too much of a panic if that makes sense because uh you know i i i see this a lot from fans and i get in a lot of trouble actually saying this but you know i think there's a bit of an artificial deadline put on this team that a lot of people just say Four years is long enough. You've got to make the playoffs at some point. And uh, I, brought, I, I brought this point up plenty of times. The Magic have now tied for their longest playoff drought in franchise history. If they hit five years, they will be in the longest playoff drought in franchise history. So this is not an organization used to being outside of the playoffs this long. And and as, as uh, Adam Papagiorgio of Magic Basketball Online has pointed out, the Magic already have gone the longest they've gone without an all-star. Uh, so... Yeah. Uh, certainly the Magic feel the pressure to to take that next step. Uh, why do you think then, you know, why do you think then Victor Oladipo wasn't that answer? He's, he, he's a huge fan favorite. I, I still get people saying, why did the Magic trade my favorite player? What, I mean, A, were you in favor of this deal? Do you think the Magic got a good trade out of this? And, and B, when you look at it now with, with some time, with some time, passing by and, and kind of the realization of how this roster came together, why didn't it work out with Victor Oladipo? At first, I questioned that move, that Ibaka trade. I was like, what are they, you know, they gave up so much, Oladipo, but he, again, he didn't make that jump we thought we were going to see last season. I thought he was going to be, you know, a borderline all-star player, kind of be, you know, merges the Magic's, definitely emerges the Magic's best player. But he didn't, and I think we're asking the same questions about Oladipo that we did in the previous season. You know, if if we kept him, we were asking those same questions, and you know, I, I now that I've calmed down, like I was definitely against it originally. I was like, "What is this team doing? They're giving up Oladipo for a buck." But the more I've calmed down, the more I think it makes sense because he was going to demand a really big contract. The team was really going to have to give up a lot, you know, a lot of the cap space to get him back. But I don't know if he was. That answer, that that all star, you know, you talked about before. We haven't had an all star. I don't know if he if he's going to develop into that. Maybe with Oklahoma City, he might because you have Westbrook there and another star. But on the Magic, I don't know if Oladipo is going to be that good of a player. 
Yeah, and I mean, and it's been, uh, and in all fairness to Victor Oladipo, it's been three years, and I, I, I see the potential too. It's hard not to see the potential in yes. Victor Oladipo and be enamored yes. with it. He's, he's, he's got all the tools, uh, but at, at a certain, at a certain point, you've got to begin cashing in on them. And Oladipo's had great closes to the end of the last two seasons that make you just say oh, he can, he can do it. Like he, he yeah. has that yep. potential. Uh, but. To me, and, and the reason why I think Oladipo was the guy to move as, as you get prepared to spend a lot of money on him uh, as a restricted free agent next summer, uh, we're asking the same questions of Oladipo this year that we did last year. Uh, exactly. And, and the, the big thing about a development like this is, to me at least, and, and I, I get pilloried for this as well, uh, is you need to just continue seeing progress. As long as you're still moving forward you're still building in the right direction. Uh, and so I don't necessarily disagree with the Magic deciding to go after free agents. I, I, I didn't think it was the right time to do that because the, the roster just wasn't ready. I, I just didn't think they were going to be able to get big-name big, big free agents. And so a deal like the Serge Ibaka deal is a way to bring in an elite talent. And so while I like Oladipo as a player, I was personally willing to give him another year to see if he can he can make that leap. Uh, and certainly he could in Oklahoma City, especially now that Durant's gone. I, I think, yeah. honestly, I think it's a good situation for Oladipo. Um, it, even though I said at the time he's probably going to lose a lot of money because I, I vision, envisioned him playing the Dion Waiters role a little bit a little bit more. Um, and I think bringing in Serge Ibaka is also a good deal for the Magic. I saw it as a win-win for both teams. Uh, having said all that, now that we have the full scope of free agency behind us, does the, did the Bismack Biombo signing surprise you then? Because the, yeah, Magic, I, the Magic said that Biombo was their top target. Yeah, I thought it came out of completely out of left field. I went on Twitter one day, and I'm like, wait, we got Biombo? And for how much? You know, of yeah. course, the craziest cat. But, I mean, you see that you have, you think, you know, when we first saw, we talked about this yesterday, we had Abaka and Gordon. We thought that, you know, we were very, you know, we wanted them to play the four and the five. I was, I was, I was all five. about that. Yes. People, people, were telling, yeah. people were telling me that I was crazy to play Abaka yeah. at the five. Like, I was telling... I mean, I was telling Josh Robinson, Leonard, so I was telling everyone I could, guys, yeah. think small here. Ibaka the five, Gordon the four. You're going to switch like crazy and be able to defend like crazy. That, uh, I thought and, it was like the new like, age. Yeah, That's why yeah. I was like, this is great. But they still had Vucevic. And when you bring Biombo in, and it's it, re- it really confused me. Uh, I guess they – I mean, especially the, having him as the number one priority. Cause Even assume, after Ibaka. Like, it made, ha- like yeah. that made sense to me if – you didn't get a Baca if you still had Oladipo. Exactly. Yeah, because it, it just it was really really weird. I I, I would say I disliked it originally because again I saw Gordon at the four and now that definitely takes him out of the four spot. Now that he's going to be you know he's going to be at the three position you know small forward excuse me. So for that reason I didn't like it, but it's this Vucevic question still looming and whatever they decide to do that's. In the long run, I think then we're going to find. I think it's going to be a couple more months till we figure out how that deal is going to work. Yeah, uh, and we'll get to the Vucevic question. There's, there's yes. always there's always a Vucevic question. We'll get to the Vucevic <laughs> question a little bit later on uh, in, in the podcast. I just want to kind of run through the rest of the summer moves. Um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Biombo and Ibaka can do together. And I guess I'll address this. I'll address the pairing last, but. Um, you know, I think a big thing the Magic wanted to do this summer was add some depth. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you like some of the secondary moves that they made, bringing in DJ Augustin, bringing in Jody Meeks, getting CJ Wilcox, uh, and, and signing Jeff Green? Do you think that makes the Magic, you know, with, with all these other moves in, in considered too, 
what do what do they add to this team that maybe wasn't there last year? I think it's like solidified depth. Like you added guys like Watson and and Jason Smith, who are you know, all right, but they're not you know really proven guys who can come off the bench and like DJ Augustine. Although he's been inconsistent sometimes in his career, he's he's played this role for years. Like he's he's very comfortable, and it's really good to have a guy like him behind Alfred because if Alfred takes hopefully he can take that step up step up having Augustine come in and being able to shoot a little bit is going to be really good for the magic Meeks I know he had that injury but I'm not really worried about it um you know I first saw you know he's out indefinitely I was like uh oh but more I've read and you've you know you've said that he'll, he'll most likely be back by training camp but I like him it's a, low, a couple low risk I mean Augustine's not low risk but Wilcox and Meeks are low risk moves even uh, Jeff Green to an extent's low risk it's only a one-year deal um and if Again, if that if Aaron Gordon can't show something, or one of these young guys, maybe they bring Jeff Green back because he, I mean, he's a decent option. Again, he, like Augustine, he's not the most consistent player, but I think these guys are uh, really, uh, really good backups. And against twos, the Magic are going to have aren't going to struggle as much like they did last season. Yeah, and, and it's definitely going to be uh, interesting to see how it all how it all plays out. I definitely feel like the magic are, are nine deep. And, and I, you know, honestly, yes. I think we may have said that at some point last year that we felt like the magic were, were kind of nine players deep, but it certainly feels like the team is better equipped to handle injuries. Um, yes. I certainly think the Augustine signing was just like a, you know, we got caught with our, with our pants down a little bit last year when Alfred Payton got hurt and CJ Watson got hurt and Shabazz Napier just yeah, they were, was yeah, they not were, ready yeah. to play. was not yeah. an NBA player. I think they discovered that. I mean, it, I had someone say the Shabazz Napier deal was a bad deal, and I'm like, really, it wasn't because it was such a low-risk deal. They got a player for free to see what he could do. They were still in yeah. a quasi-development mode. They thought they had C.J. Watson, and then all of a sudden, they just came to realize that he wasn't mm-hmm. anything at all and just was taking up a roster spot. Um, it, I feel like the team is better equipped to handle anything that can happen. You know, you've, you've got a lot of, like I wrote on the site earlier this week, you've got a lot of positional versatility, a lot of guys... You can guard multiple positions and and uh, defend multiple multiple positions as well, and just kind of keep guys in front of them and and keep a consistent defensive level. I think that was a big thing last year. Is um, you know the starters were were inconsistent as they were because they were so young, but the bench mm-hmm. just wasn't. You didn't know the bench wasn't yeah. going to give you anything. The um, bench is much much improved. Much yeah, improved, I yeah, think. and I think and I think that's going to help the Magic because without a star. It seems like the best way to win is to, to throw numbers at people, to be able to run a second unit that's that's not as strong as the first unit, but certainly stronger than most other second strong. units. Yeah. Or to be able to stagger a lineup so you always have a starter in the game. Like I think, you know, we'll see Aaron Gordon play some four alongside Jeff Green uh, on some second units. I think we'll see uh, Mario Hazonia certainly develop more as a sixth man. We'll see Nick. We'll see Serge Ibaka maybe with some second units. Uh, Nikola Vucevic with some second units um, if he starts. Another question we'll get to in a little mm-hmm. bit as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think there's a lot of versatility and a lot of options Frank Vogel has. And so, you know, I think we both agree that the identity this team has built is is defense. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. And, and I think. The you know the numbers clearly show that the ticket to getting into the playoffs as a new team, especially, uh, is to have a top defense. I think it's what twelve of the uh, twelve of the top thirteen defenses last yeah. year 
made the playoffs. That sticks out to me. That uh, really think, sticks out. I mean, to I, me. I look back a few years back too. It's like twelve of the. It's like twelve. It's like eleven of the top twelve last year, uh, and the one that didn't was the Utah Jazz. They finished a game out of the playoffs. Um, yeah. It was uh, ten of the top eleven, I think, in twenty fifteen, and the one that didn't was the Pacers without Paul George, and then all the top twelve made the playoffs in twenty fourteen. So that the ticket to making the playoffs isn't offense. And I know a lot of people are like, where's the scoring going to come from? Where's the scoring going to come from? And some of you people even told me, how are we going to compete with the Warriors? I don't care if you're, I don't care about competing with the Warriors right now. They're, yeah, I don't. That's, that's in the back burner. That's way down the road. Let's, yeah, we got to worry about getting in the playoffs first. You know, exactly. The main, the main competition for this team is the New York Knicks, the Chicago Bulls, the Washington yes. Wizards. The Atlanta Hawks, the Indiana Pacers, the Detroit Pistons, the Charlotte Hornets. Those, I mean, those seven teams, the Milwaukee Bucks, that, that's eight teams. Mm-hmm. They're going to be fighting for three, four spots in the playoffs. Those are the guys the team needs to worry about. And the best way, time and time again, proven to get in the playoffs is defense. defense. So you hire Frank Vogel, you sign Bismack Biombo, you acquire Serge Ibaka, you get Jeff Green, who statistically isn't a great defender, but theoretically is. You have Aaron Gordon, you have Alfred Payton, you have... Uh, Evan Fournier, who's not a bad defender. So the question I think most of us have is, is this team going to play defense well enough to make the playoffs? That front court with Biombo and Ibaka, I, I, that's great. I think I mean, Vogel's had what, top 10 defenses multiple times throughout his career. I think every, I think, I think every year he's been a head coach year, except yeah. his first year. He was like 14th this first year as a head coach. You've said it before in the podcast. You see him winning anywhere. You, they could win as low as thirty, as high as forty-five. Like it's, it's tough to say. But I'm gonna, I'm. I've been a little optimistic. The more I've calmed down after all these deals. Originally, I was very confused, but I think they have enough. I think with, you know, if if you have, especially if you have Biombo coming off the bench to protect the rim, and you're gonna have a lot of, you know, it's not gonna be, it's gonna a lot of the lineups are gonna be jumbled so 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 to speak you know you're gonna have Vucevic playing with two sometimes a lot of guys playing with twos but I think this defense really has the chance to be something special I we we joked about it the Magic are gonna win you know 60 to 65 games you know it's the defense I think is gonna be really really good especially Gordon he's like a Swiss army knife I think he could develop into so I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little optimistic and say that the Magic defense is gonna be enough uh, to at least have them compete for the 8 seed. They'll be in the conversation come uh, late, you know, April and late in the season. Yeah, I'm still kind of I guess digesting everything. I've I've certainly I think I think all of us have certainly kind of calmed down and and now we're looking at this team and and what they can do a little bit more. Uh to me there are still so many questions about this team. Um I think Alfred Payton is absolutely key. This is the season he's got to show something to this group to the, to the to the whole to the Magic. Uh, I think, Mar- I think Aaron Gordon has got to show something. He's got to kind of find his form. He's been this shapeless mold of clay. He's got to finally develop into yes. something more solid and more solidified this year uh, for the Magic to to take that next step up uh, as a team. Uh, I, I really think there's a lot going on. I think that, I think. That, the, 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 to me, the reason why I'm still very skeptical about this team, and I don't, I think they're better. I think they'll win th- at least 35 games. I'm willing to come up on that. I, I just don't know if they have enough to make the playoffs because, to me, de- their defense should be good enough. But I do worry about the offense. The offense. And I yeah. do worry that 
there are just still too many question marks. Uh, like I said, Peyton and Gordon have to step up. Evan Fournier is going to have to step up his play now that he's got the contract. Uh, he's got to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. Uh, Serge Ibaka to me, I, and I've told, I've said this to people, and people think I'm crazy. I I thought if he played Serge Ibaka at the five, he was a potential All Star. Um, you give him the ball a little bit more, give him some more opportunities to score, let him roam the paint as a de- as a center instead of a power forward, uh, and I think that that the team he could really develop and be kind of the, the linchpin and focus of this team at least this year. I'm not as sure that he's going to be able to do that as much from the power forward position playing next to Vucevic or uh, Biombo, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ibaka is another guy that's got to take another step up and. You know, maybe we'd have all these questions again uh, if they would have kept Oladipo and changed some other things. And, uh, you know, I think there's always going to be that that bit of doubt. But I think that's the big thing that, that makes me a little hesitant about this team is I still don't know what a lot of the key pieces are going to be able to provide at the end of the day. I, I, I We think we know, but we don't really know. And I, I tend to hedge my bets a little bit. I, I could definitely see where you're coming from. And I'd probably, I mean... I'd probably t- I tend to agree with you um, that that young I mean I'm looking I'm, I wrote it down here El, you know Alfred Payton Mario Hazonia Aaron Gordon Serge Ibaka Evan Fournier they all need to take steps up step up you know they all need to improve offensively they need to put the ball in the basket especially and defense does have to improve as well it's it's as you it's a lot of questions that's what I that was the one issue I had with the magic offseason I I knew with you know I, I you can see they have the identity but there's still questions surrounding every move I mean you look at each one one by one Abaka you know is he going to be able to step up Biombo where is he going to fit into this rotation and it's you're 100% right about the question marks in this team yeah, yeah, and, and I, I mean, I, I before we move on to uh, what we what we were gonna what we're gonna the kind of the big issue that's still surrounding this team. Uh, before we move on to that, I, I guess the last question to ask is: If the Magic don't make the playoffs this year, do, how is Rob Hennigan in trouble? I think I think he's in the hot seat. I really do. Um, I think he's been. I mean, you look at the draft picks. He's kind of in. I don't want to, say, you know, make an excuse saying unlucky, but I mean, the one that the Oladipo draft usually have the second overall pick. You're going to get a really, really good player, and then Gordon. They missed out on. I know. I know Embiid hasn't played, but everyone said it was the big three in the year Gordon got drafted. But the the team hasn't, especially. You said it before, Orlando. This is the longest. Um, you know, drought. They haven't been in the playoffs forever. They haven't had a winning season in forever. I th- I think he's going to be on the hot seat. And if the Magic, I think he'll be safe if they're close to the playoffs. If maybe they're a game or two out. But if they're if they're in the thirty, you know, mid low thirty range, I could see the Magic moving on. I don't know if I agree with that. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen. But it's definitely it's definitely going to be a conversation if the Magic miss the playoffs. Yeah, I, and it certainly is a. Con- I mean, obviously, I brought the question up. It's certainly a conversation yeah. now about yes. about about what he's done. Uh, it's certainly a lot of debate. Uh, I know, I know, I get inundated with a lot of people saying Hennigan's done nothing. This team is going nowhere, and I'm like, well, what what more could he have done? Um, that, that, yeah, that's one of my points. And, too. and I and, and I've certainly I, I'm willing to concede that you know maybe Hennigan's problem is he was unwilling to take a risk, uh, and you know there maybe there may have been something. 
a risk that he could have taken that we don't know about that uh, that he should have taken that could have panned out. I mean, that's the nature of risk, obviously. Uh, you know, the example I give is the um, is is the uh, Eric Bledsoe deal that came up pretty, you know, with after that first year when uh, reportedly the Suns were offering Eric Bledsoe for Aaron Aflalo, and this was Eric Bledsoe before he signed his big contract. Yeah. And I think a lot of us were like, well. We don't know if the Magic really want to keep him. They just started this rebuild. They don't want to commit themselves long-term to a guy they don't know is a star yet. Uh, it's not the right deal at this time. And I think that was still the right decision, but certainly a risk like that changes the complexion of the team because we know what Eric Bledsoe became, essentially. We know he, he, has, he is a borderline mm-hmm. all-star in a lot of ways when he's healthy and uh, certainly a player that the, ma- the kind of player the Magic are missing in a lot of ways as well. Uh, so, you know, I... Hennigan's tenure has been very strange. Uh, if you look at the bottom line to me, and this is the argument I use and people laugh at me for this, but it's true. Their win total has gone 20, 23, 25, 35. There's been one bad year, the year they won 23 games and had to fire Jacques Vaughn. And I think the Jacques Vaughn hire is probably the biggest was mistake, bad. was the biggest yeah. mistake he's yeah. made. Uh, but I still think he has the magic on the right path. Uh, my frustration, maybe as a more patient fan, is that the team... The ownership probably pushed pushed Hennigan to, to push the pace a little bit quicker, and that probably led him to give away Tobias Harris for nothing, and probably pushed him to make some of the free agency moves that he made that that have left us with a lot of questions. Uh, but certainly, it's still time to see results. I still want to see the I still want to see the Magic take another step forward, and making the playoffs is is clearly a goal that they need to to, to think about and pursue very seriously. And at least I think they've done that. Yeah, I think that fast start last year hurt them too. Yeah, I mean, we all thought. I thought I was like, oh my goodness, they're gonna do it. You know, I, you know, and then they, they pushed. They they pushed the tempo last season, um, in all around through the beginning with the Skiles hiring. And I think it was. I mean, originally I was like, okay, maybe they'll make it. Skiles is you know a proven track record of make at least getting the team to the playoffs. But I think they rushed it. I don't think they were ready last year, and even this year I think they're pushing a little bit again as well. Yeah, uh, I, I, I tend to agree, and you know, a lot of people say four years is long enough, it's, it's time to, to put up or shut up, and, and there is something to that, but, but I also feel like that's an artificial deadline. Like a, a team is ready to take that step forward when they are, and you make, you make your mistake as a GM and as a franchise when you push the team a little too quickly or you, you get impatient and sell things off for the, the quick... The, the quick satisfaction of making the playoffs. Because again, as Alex Martins has said time and time again, we're, we're trying to build, the Magic are trying to build a sustainable, a sustainable winner. Yeah. And I agree, maybe the culture wasn't the greatest thing in the world with, uh, the, with the, the Jacques Vaughn hire especially. But uh, a sustainable winner doesn't just go to the playoffs and be satisfied with that. They... they you know, build something, build, build even sometimes slowly to it and have a group that's, that's been through the fire, been together and can, can push forward. And, you know, maybe the group they had didn't have a high enough ceiling for that and they, and they made their decision. But uh, we'll see how this, this season plays out. Uh, of course, the big question that I think has been on a lot of Magic fans' minds and, and the reason why I wanted to bring you on, on here uh, to talk a little bit about an article that you wrote uh, dealing with Nikola Vucevic before we dive into some of the details with that, how do you 
assess what the Magic should do with, with Nikola Vucevic? Where, where does he fit into this new group now with the Magic? Uh, from I think what I think they're going to do is I think they're going to keep him around till probably the trade deadline, and that's where the decision is going to be made. I think originally he's going to start. I don't I don't agree at the moment, and this again this could change, but at the moment I think Vucevic should be moved um, at the trade deadline, possibly before, depending on the deal. And I can I'll list a few quick reasons why I think. Especially, we we learned that Biombo was the Magic's number one priority. You know, they made that that was the midnight call. Roots for agency hit. They said we want Biombo, and that's very to me. And I, you know, uh, it's uncommon for a backup center to be your number one priority. And you know, although and it's he could uncommon, start, it's uncommon for yeah. a number one center to be paid seventeen million dollars a year. At, also, yes, that's <laughs> yeah. There you go. That that was another one of my points. And then. You know, you have the, the ego question, which I don't want to dive too deep, uh, t- too deep into, but it could that that could be something where one of them gets upset and you got you're forced to move something, and I, I think we talked about the identity for a while, and Vucevic doesn't really fit this identity. You know, he doesn't, and he's a good player. I I like Vucevic. I think he he brings good things to a team. I compared him to Enos Kanter, and I think he's kind of you know I think he's better a little better than Enos, but he's th- that type of player where he's. I think he's on a good team. I think he's best suited for the bench, although he could start on many teams. And I, I think the best bet is trading Vooch. But again, that at this moment, he could come out and say, you know what, listen, I'll sacrifice things for the team if it's better. You know, if the Magic come out winning and Obaka uh, is good enough to, you know, sh- uh, shield Vucevic on the defensive side where he can fix his mistakes. But if that, if if that, but if that doesn't happen, I could. I think he's got to go. I don't think he fits, and you're not going to get another, you know, starter or a really good player for him. But you'll get guys to create even more depth. You'll probably get a legitimate backup center. We saw that in the article. They had uh, Mason Plumlee coming here. Guys like I know Spencer Halls isn't really a great example, but you know, a backup center that could provide something for the Magic. Yeah, and, and, and like and again, like everyone kind of takes. It seems like a lot of the affection that's been left by Victor Oladipo being gone as a fan favorite is now shifted over to Nikola Vucevic. He's the longest yep. tenured player on the team. He's, he's been with the team from the beginning. And yes, he is the closest the Magic have had to an all-star, to an all-star on this team since uh, since the rebuild began. So I, I, I get that there's an affection for him, that, that he, there's a consistency about him. Uh, but like you said, this team's identity has shifted wholly to defense. Yeah, and I agree. It's worth seeing if he can work. Uh, you, you're not at, you're not trading him just to trade him. Uh, you, you should never do that for a player um, unless there's a locker room problem and you just need to get rid of it. Uh, but for Vucevic, he's got to prove that he can add something on the defensive end. Uh, he has to prove that he can fit into this identity, and so far. He hasn't been able to do that. I mean, I think all of us have said at one point or another, Nikola Vucevic needs a four that can do rim protection, like Serge Ibaka. Well, now they got Serge Ibaka. Now we got to see exactly whether he can put up or shut up. And, and I think it's possible that he can. I think one of Vucevic's problems is he never quite trusted the guys behind him to clean up his mistakes. And so he was always afraid to press up and hedge. At the same time, though, uh, Vucevic has had plenty of opportunities where he's hedged, and then he just doesn't do it. Uh, there's just some very basic defensive things 
that he's got to learn how to do, and teams are going to still attack him. There's no reason for a team to attack him. If I were if I were a team, I would have a stretch four on the floor, put him in the corner, and dare Serge Ibaka to leave him. The, the, the teams that have stretch fours that can make threes are going to do that and dare Serge Ibaka to leave him and protect the rim for Vucevic. A lot of teams have those now. A lot exactly. of NBA teams. You know, it's, it's every, every, it seems like every team is going to have one of those guys that's going to do that. And that, that's, what, that's really what, what, why I think he sh- he's going to end up being traded. I think it's because he's not, it's not going to be uh, – Baca's not going to be able to help that much because Vucevic just – and it's – again, I like him. He's a good player. I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing him, but it's just – I don't know if it's going to work. I, and, I mean, again, I hope it does, but I just don't think is going to be enough. And is a great defender. I just I, – again, I think he's just – his offensive – he's just an offensive center, and it's not something you usually win with. I mean, if you look at the – you know, every champion, it seems like, has one of those – Defensive centers, not that they're you know that all stars, but they can protect the rim and block shots. And Vucevic can't you know he can't guard the pick and roll. He can't do a lot of things in the defensive end. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately his downfall. And, and again, he's like you said, he's a very very good center. I think you know I think he'll start the year starting. Um, I don't know. I'll ask you how you feel about that in a, in a bit. But I think he starts the year starting. They 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 see if he can do it. Uh, certainly, they'll get a very good look at it in training camp preseason. Uh, you know the the offensive issues that I think a Biombo Abaka front line could have are, are serious enough to at least yeah. to at least say you know we've got to see if Vucevic can play defense at the level we need him to and and Vogel said I think I can teach Vucevic positioning and anticipation to be in the right spot and make those plays uh, but again I, I worry about pick and roll still and Vucevic just he really struggled in the pick and roll at key moments last year and if if the, to me. The center position is the most important position to have a defender. I'd rather have a center who can't play offense and is a stellar defender than a than a center who is a is fantastic on offense and can't play defense. And that's what Vucevic is right now. And that's why I think he is he's, he might be on a good team better coming off the bench. That doesn't mean he's a bad player. Enos Kander is a very good player, but his best role is as a sixth man. I think. Yes. Uh, Duncan or Vucevic's sixth, sixth role might just be as a sixth man on a good team. And that's okay. That I mean, that's 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 fine. That, that's not a knock on him. Uh, some guys are just better in that role. And, and and I've 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 had this theory floating out for I've had this theory for a while that, you know, there are so many talented players in the NBA, but the teams that are successful are the ones that use their talent in the roles that they can best fill. Yeah. And so like to bring this I guess back to Victor Oladipo for a moment. Uh, Victor Oladipo to me has the potential to be an all-star and he has every right to see if he can be an all-star and the Magic gave him that opportunity last year he proved that he can't quite get to that level so on a good te- on a team that's trying to win he should not be playing that role and if the Magic are going to ask him to play that role they're not going to get the most effectiveness out of him and they're not yeah. going to be the best team they can be if, you, if you're forced to play him in that role your team is going to struggle and that's why I think he's he's going to be better off in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, this, the, the same thing is now I think we can say about Serge Ibaka and even Bismack Biombo. The question is, can't, they've never had to play a larger role on a team. So the Magic are giving them that opportunity to do so. And if they can fill it, then the Magic have hit. Have hit. If not, then they've struck out on these moves. Uh, we just don't know whether they can do it. With Oladipo, I think we kind of knew, and that's why it made a little more sense to, make, to move Oladipo. Uh, so I guess... Turning it back to my original question, then, 
Um, you can respond to that as well. But also, uh, do you think Victor, do you think Vucevic starts starts the year for the Magic? I think so. I think it's it's you know cut and dry. I think pretty much he's going to start because. The, the comments really stick in my head. I don't know if I'm overblown, but I th- went at the interview um, a few weeks ago, or excuse me, possibly I think this week. I'm totally off my timelines, but he, <laughs> you know, he's saying he's he's you want he's he's a starter. He doesn't understand why he shouldn't be, and I think if I think he deserves it. I think he's proven that he's he's a you know a decent starter, even though he's he's hurt the Magic on the defensive end. But if if it doesn't work out, I'm hoping he's he's able to see that. He'd be a beast off the bench. He'd absolutely dominate twos in the, like off the bench. He'd be the Magic's number one scoring pop off the bench. And what the, what the big problem is now, the Magic their first team can't score because Biombo, you know, it's it's a real question mark. But again, I don't know if Vucevic's offense. And this is a this is a question I've had the last couple of weeks. If Vucevic's offense is worth it, you know, he he struggles to get to the free throw line, which aggravates me some because usually the big you know big man can get there but it's it's just it's a it's going to be a big debate throughout the whole offseason I mean the second this article came up it was our Twitter's exploded everyone has an opinion on this this is probably the biggest story in Orlando Magic World right now but certainly generates the most debate exactly no no question about it and 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 we're not and we're not above placating clicks (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah! Hey, hey, listen. I was loving it. I you know I was I was loving it. All the you know all the uh, all the comments I was getting. But I think he does start the season, and I think that's probably the right move. Because even though I want to see him traded, I want to see if he can do it. I, I'm not I'm not one of those guys who's like oh, I just got to get rid of him because there if he if he does leave, there's serious serious questions about the offense. So I'm I'm, ve- I'm very interested to see if he can um, be successful on the defensive end and or you know kind of successful in the defensive end. I don't want to get too far out of myself. Sure, sure. And so, you know, that brings us to to your article. Uh, you know, even if the Magic wanted to trade him, you know, what does that trade market look like right now? And you did a really you did a really good job uh, on this article taking a look at the 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 uh, at what some other some other bloggers, some other NBA writers uh, have have written about uh, in trying to acquire Nikola Vucevic. Uh, you know, obviously, I think everyone senses he's available and on the market and, and, and possible for a trade. Uh, what was your general sense of the market and, and some of these deals that were being proposed to to the Magic, essentially? Uh, most people are going to be disappointed in it. I think I mean, they're not. You're not getting a, a, a another starter back. You're, it didn't look like it to me. It looked like you were getting a couple role players, and it, it makes sense in my eyes because, as I said before. Building around an offensive center isn't ideal. You're not gonna win a championship with the center, you know, unless you have great defenders around and with a center that can't guard, as you said, can't guard the pick and roll. You know, it's and it's not. It's I'm not saying Vooch is a bad player because again he is, but he's probably a bench guy in a good team. And if you're a contender, which a contender is probably gonna trade for Vucevic again, we saw uh, Celtics. A Celtics page was interested. A Blazers page and a Charlotte Hornets page, which are all pe- uh, teams that are making the playoffs. A contender's going to want Vooch, and he's pro- even if he starts, he's probably not going to be uh, their defensive anchor. He might only play in a, uh, he might split a lot of minutes with another center. He's not, um, you know, your go-to defensive anchor. He's not a DeAndre Jordan by any stretch. He's not going to be on the court at the end of game. Oh, he could be on the court at the end of games, but he's not an ideal piece to build around. He's a second or, or a third or fourth option, probably a sixth man, which is 
isn't going to get if you're look if you're going to if you're trading your six man you're not going to get a a star player a, a good starter in return you're just going to get some rotational players which is going to help build magic depth and they're going to have to and maybe a pick or two I've just thrown some picks in there but they're going to be down the line they're not going to be really uh, help the team immediately yeah and and you know I, I kind of get the sense that that for Vucevic you're not going to get a star. I just don't think that's, yeah. that's that's in the cards. He's just not that caliber player. He's not that much in demand. What I do think you can get is two quality rotation players and add to that depth that the Magic uh, that the Magic are looking for and that the Magic have looked for this offseason and you know kind of continue to to beat people with numbers. And then eventually, what you do is you turn that depth into your star. You you gain enough assets that you know you say hey. We can give you this this quasi star guy, like you know, like eventually maybe an Evan Fournier who you know might be standing in the way of Mario Hazonia as he develops, or Aaron Gordon as he develops, and say you know we can we'll trade you this guy plus you know two you know two three guys you can bring off the bench for your star that will complete our team, uh, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of I think the strategy to rebuild some of the assets. And again, it, it's not a bad thing to have depth, and I think Vucevic gives the Magic some really good center depth. So it's not like you're in a rush to get rid of him. You're in no hurry to get rid of him. Like, like we both said, you should at least try him out and see if if he can work. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you're, the market. I don't think. I, I'm not sure the market's going to improve very much for for Vucevic. He's obviously on a really nice contract, and a team looking to to make a minor splash in free agency, kind of like the Pistons were, could be looking to make a deal for that. Uh, the Magic aren't going to be looking to just clear his cap room. They're going to want something in return as they're trying to fight for the playoffs. But um, that that's that's kind of I think where the Magic are, are at. You know they're going to be you know they're going to be looking for a team that's looking for some backup center help or looking for some center help uh, and looking maybe to shed some salary because Vucevic is is very cost controlled for the next two yes. three years. No, I I think I think you're 100 percent you know on the button there. It's it's. He's. I, I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at him too. I said that at the top of the article or at the top of my um, analysis. After that, he's really going to be. I think he's going to be a hot commodity. It's just he's not going to give you a lot in return. I think. Again, that that it's people have been you know saying uh, um, trade proposals to getting a star back guys like you know oh maybe we can throw you know package him you know crazy stuff like Westbrook and Butler and stuff like that but it's it's yeah. not Vucevic isn't that type of guy and you're, you're gonna get a decent return the one trade we um I saw had we had getting Jeremy Lamb back Frank Kaminsky Spencer Hall's on a pick which is you know it's it's it might not make sense for the Magic roster wise but it, it's a good return you're getting a lot of pieces there for a, a one player yeah and, and, and I would also I, I guess add as well uh, the, the point that you made, the trade deadline might be the better time to, to make that push to trade him. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't think, yeah. I've kind of said that, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Magic makes some, makes some like inquiries about Vucevic in August when free agency kind of settles down and everyone really begins to look at their roster and say, well, this is what we need. Um, I think that could be a time that, that some rumors pick up. Uh, uh, and I think the trade deadline is probably when uh, something's going to happen because uh, no matter where the Magic are, they're going to be looking and pushing to make their team better because, like we've said, this is a make-or-break year for the playoffs. They 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 feel like yeah. they've got to make the playoffs this year, and so I think they'll they'll make every effort uh, to to do that uh, this this season. And and you know they they could sacrifice some things in order to do that. And and Vucevic is certainly there. Um, before we close the show tonight, before we close the show tonight, um, what? 
is the, you know, the big, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What is the big thing about this Magic team that we're not, we're not asking or talking about quite yet? You wrote an article today, I believe. Mm -hmm. Evan Fournier, is he the right fit with Alfred Payton? And I think that's a big, big question. Was this, was re-signing Evan Fournier, you know, and deciding he was the fit over Victor Oladipo the right move? Uh, he's going to have to prove he's he's probably going to be the number one offensive option. You know, you could you know Vucevic is still there if he's starting, but Fournier's probably going to be the number one guy offensively. And I like him. I mean, he can shoot fairly well, and I love when he does those crazy acrobatic layups and drives the lane and somehow gets an and one. He seems to have one of those every once in a while, and he really emerged. I mean, th that's something that I think's really because we're all focused on the new additions, but you know we re-signed him, and he, it's going to be a big magic think he's going to be a big part of their future and one more thing is the development of mario hazonia and we added uh the magic added green and meeks and i don't know if meeks is going to take away many minutes from mario or if, but it, it is interesting to see um how mario develops and how much he's going to play i'll be watching the olympics closely because he is he is my favorite player i'm very biased with mario i'm hoping he's going to be uh, a big you know a, a big um impact player in the Magic in the future. I don't know if he's going to be, but that Fournier, deciding to um, bring Fournier back instead of Oladipo and how, where Mario is going to fit into this roster are the two big things I'm looking at that may, uh, many people may not be um, focusing on right now with all this Vucevic talk. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, that's, that's definitely... Uh, that the, uh, the, the numbers that I looked at were actually very surprising to me. They definitely go against uh, what you think kind of logically yeah. uh, with a shooter next to Peyton taking yeah. Oladipo off the floor. Um, I, 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 I got to look at the numbers again on this too, but I do remember seeing this. Fournier played a lot better at the three than he did the two, and I think that's something we're not quite talking about as much. Yeah. Uh, that that the Fournier played his best when Oladipo was at the two, and... Uh, that could be an issue that, that pops up again. Um, I think there are some big questions. I mean, and I hinted at this at the end of the article that, you know, maybe, and, and I, I, maybe, I think the last half of the season we all kind of said, you know, there's a Fournier or Oladipo question. And I would always say, well, maybe the question isn't Fournier or Oladipo, it's Oladipo or Peyton. Uh, and I think that yeah. question still remains with Alfred Peyton. A big year for him, obviously, to, to take another step up in his game and, and show uh, that, that he can be a starting point guard in this league. Uh, for me, I think my question is about Mario Hazonia. Uh, I think, you know, we, we expect Hazonia to get better just because he'll be playing more minutes, but uh, we just, I, I, we really don't know because, like you, I'll be watching the Olympics very closely, yeah. but I'm not expecting to see very much from Mario Hazonia. They yeah, don't he use, stands out there on the three-point line. They don't like, use him at all. Come on. They don't use yeah. him at all. I'm yelling they, at the screen. They let, they let, they yeah. let, they let uh, Dario, Dario Saric and, Bo, and Boyan Bogdanovic <laughs> just dribble to death, and it's just like, <laughs> just... <laughs> Move. Let let them move a little bit. You've got good passers. Yeah. Just let them move. Um, yeah, and it's, it's so frustrating to watch that that Croatian Olympic <laughs> team. Um, I guess we got the Olympics starting in two weeks, so maybe I'll I'll, I'll have to have a, a I'll have to call up Adam and do an Olympic preview podcast again. Uh, but God, that that Croatian team was so frustrating to watch. Oh, you it's know like, it was. They got so much talent, and they won the freaking thing. And they, that's just why like, I was. I was like, I hope they lose because they're not using Mario, and then they end up winning. I'm like, come on, now I'm you know Max is. Yeah. Oh. I mean, they got talent. It's just like use they do. It. Yeah, use it. You've got you got two good players, not great players, but good players, and you use them really well. But mix some other things in. Get the, everyone else involved, yeah. or 
you know, they nearly blew that Italy game. And they, 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 they you know, they, they lost to Italy earlier in the tournament. They nearly lost them in the final. They, they found a way to pull it out. Uh, but, man, they're, they're really interesting. Um, does it, before, before I let you go, does anyone beat the U.S. in the Olympics? I, gotta, I just got to uh, ask. I don't know. I know if Croatia gives Mario Hazoni the ball. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think anybody's beating the U.S. I hope not. I, I love... It'll be exciting to see you know Durant and his new uh, super team playing each you know playing with each other and seeing how they're getting along. But it, it, it's fun. Olympics are always fun. I love watching the basketball, and I'll be rooting for USA and Croatia because I'm Mario. So let's hope that's the finals. Yes, yes. Let's hope it's a let's hope it's a U.S. Uh, Croatia final. And and it's sad to see not sad we won't see Evan Fournier there, but uh, yeah, yeah, but them's them's the breaks. Uh, Ryan. Uh, Tell everyone uh, where where they can where they can find you on Twitter, uh, so so everyone can can follow you there. Oh, you can follow me at r doyle twenty seven capital R capital D. Awesome! Make sure to follow Ryan. He's done a great job for us on OrlandoMagicDaily dot com. Uh, be sure to go back and read his article with the Nikola Vucevic tra- trade ideas. It's a really interesting article. Just you know, certainly, it, it's not looking at those specific deals so much as it is looking at what the market is right now for Vucevic when you survey some of the other sites and some of the other teams that might be interested in him. So don't take those trades as kind of gospel or re- reality. Just yes. take them as this is what the market looks like. It's a really interesting look at things. Um, I'm sure we could do it for some of the other players on the team, but right now Vucevic is certainly the hot-button issue. Uh, as always, you can follow me, Philip Rossman-Reich, at Daily on Twitter. Be sure to check us out on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably follow the Locked On Magic podcast on iTunes or on Audio Boom or on Stitcher. But just in case you don't, we are on iTunes. Be sure to give us a five-star review. Four stars. If you want to be a, 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 an original and break away from the crowd, you can give us four stars. Uh, just blame my mic, I guess, because I, I, I need to buy a better <laughs> microphone. That's fine. I can take it. But five stars would be awful nice. Um, I appreciate all the support I've been getting from the lock for the Lockdown Magic podcast. It's been a fantastic project. Uh, I'll keep it going uh, during the summer. We may slow some things down uh, as we enter August, especially after the Olympics. But uh, I'll be back in full force certainly uh, for September for September and when the season begins at the at the end of September and in early October. So be sure to follow us there. I appreciate all the support. Uh, keep reading us up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Ryan, thanks again for, for joining for joining me on the podcast and everyone else uh, for Philip Ross Philip Rossman Wright, that's me, and everyone else here at Orlando Magic Daily. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next time. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.